0: Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. Now, this morning, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians. And I want you to be prepared to look at verse 3, I'm excuse me, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to bring you a message this morning that's going to be a follow-up to last week when I talk to you about character. And I want to get you to listen to me very, very carefully as I go back last week very briefly to share something with you that will help you understand why am I doing this week what I feel like the Lord wants me to do to talk to you on The most important subject probably uh, and how it relates to your life that you'll ever, ever talk about. And so listen carefully, please. The book of Daniel that was last week, we talked about character. If you were not here, character, I just had a brief definition, it's doing right on purpose. Last week, we gave five illustrations from the book of Daniel, how this man, you remember, if you just have a vague knowledge of the Bible, Daniel in the lion's den, but how Daniel was a man that had incredible character. And I gave you five things that were in that book that showed very clearly the character that he had and how, how right it was. Number one, I told you that Daniel knew the answer to the questions before they were ever asked in other words before temptation ever came to him he knew where the temptations were going to probably come from he had an answer he was ready to give a reason for the hope that was in him secondly I told you that he had character because he learned to trust in the wisdom of God rather than the logic of his own mind and the illustration was that when Daniel uh, was in prison the, the uh, king sent out wine and the best of meat from the king's table to him and he refused it he was on bread and water in prison and he knew what the king was trying to do and he had made up his mind and the bible said Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat and then they said well if you don't then you're gonna dry up and they're gonna uh, get mad at me and cut my head off and you're gonna get sick and all if you don't eat this good food but he trusted God God told him don't do it so he didn't do it and then we learned that Daniel learned the third thing about character he was promoted and yet he remained the same what happened to Daniel was that because he interpreted the king's dream the king gave him mega real estate mega wealth put him in one of the highest positions in the whole kingdom and he refused it he was was not doing what he did in order to get promoted himself he was doing it because that's what God wanted him to do. So he turned it down. <clears throat> and he said give that to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And let me stop right there and I'm going to share something with you that God taught me this week. And if you ever write anything in your Bible, you might want to write this down. This is something that's going to help me in whatever days remain in the future. They'll help you I think from this day forward. They have to do with that point right there to be promoted and yet remain the same. Now let me make a statement and this is what I want you to write down if you want to. And that is that your giftedness your giftedness can take you where your character will not be able to keep you. Now write that down. Your giftedness can take you where your character cannot keep you. Now let me explain what that means. Every single week now David mentioned about the high school football team. This week it was a swimmer. Out of the acting world, the music world, across my phone, somebody sent me that the 13 of the major rappers of right now have now announced that they're all bankrupt. One of them is behind a million dollars on his payments for his private jet. They've all gone down, uh, 13 of them. We're seeing it from from the political world. Yes, the church world. Four calls have come to this pastor in the last 14 days of fallen preachers that have fallen because of character failure. Gifted people. Some of the most gifted people around go into ministry, just like they go into the arts and other things. But listen to me. You hear what I just said that I want you to write down? Your giftedness can lead you uh, to where your character will not keep you. And that is happening in every area of life, whether it's corporate world, political world, social world, religious world, you name it. Okay? Now, number four, we learned at Daniel, learned to do right, whatever it cost. He went to the lines then. That's a mark of character, no matter what it costs you. And then number five, if you have character, whatever happens in your life, you'll give it glory to God. All the glory will go to God. Now that was last week, okay? Now today. I want you to listen to the scripture. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. Keep that pen out. There's four or five words I want you to underline in these first four verses. Let me just read it to you. From verse 1, Colossians 3. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on this earth. For you are dead, if you're a believer, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And here's the words I want you to underline. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Here's the words. Christ, who is our life. One more time. Christ who is our life I want you to think about that for just a moment I want you to clearly understand that everything that we're about when we talk about Christianity and religious things and spiritual things salvation your life it all has to do either Christ is in you or he is not in you if he is if you are a believer he is in you If you're not a believer, he is not in you, okay? Every time we gather to worship our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, we ought to do as Paul did. Let me tell you what he did. Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 14, I just pick out these words. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I'll do. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, in Christ Jesus Paul says I've been in the old life I am not trying to win points in the old life nor am I trying to win the prize in this life except that I want to be what God wants me to be and the way I know what God wants me to be is Christ lives in my life And because Christ lives in my life, then everything I do in word or deed will be directed by the one who is in me. It's not about learning stuff and putting it in application. It is that Christ is in my life. That's what he's saying. Now the temptation for all of us, the temptation is to do what others are doing rather than Take time to look closely at my life as you look at your life and what God wants me to do and what God wants you to do. God in our life personally. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. Literally, it means for me to live is for Christ to live over again in my life. And that's what it means to be a Christian. The flesh, on the other hand, is always, always pushing us into areas and revealing itself to us when we're pushed into those areas for instance even in, in when it comes around the church you, the flesh you know you come to church and well are the people friendly uh, was the music enjoyable was the preaching good were my friends there did I get a good parking place was the temperature all right I mean it goes on and on and on you know what all that's about It has nothing to do with worship. It has to do with what I want and that's what I'm looking for and when I find it, I might join up and they'll be fortunate enough to have me as a member of their organization. Let me tell you something. Whatever we do in word or deed, we do it to the glory of God if we're God's kids. God wants us to bring glory to Him and the only way we can bring glory to Him is not do the best we can do but to let Him live His life through our personality, through our position, through our age, through our our giftedness, whatever we are, Christ in us that's what it's all about and every time we're together we need to take time in our worship experience to block out everything going on in our life but God and our individual personal relationship with that God I met a young man coming down the hall a while ago as I was leaving the last service and I saw him baptized two weeks ago I just spoke to him. I said, you know, you blessed me getting baptized. He said, yeah, you know, he said this week, he said, I saw a difference in my life. He said, a guy... Fussed at me at work, said three weeks ago, I'd have knocked him down. He said, I was just smiled at him, and I remembered that Jesus lives in my life, and I didn't want to hurt my testimony. I said, amen, amen, amen. You're getting it. You're getting it, right? That's what it's all about, that there was a change, and he knew there was a change, and he didn't let his, and then he said, he put the end on it, and he said, and I didn't lose my job either. He's lost several jobs. So this one here, he didn't lose his job. He's learning as he goes along. Wonderful. God bless him. But let me say this regardless of your religious background or lack thereof every one here needs for somebody to show us in God's word that if you are a real Christian according to God's word you have invited Jesus into your life doesn't matter what your church affiliation with is any Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Church of Christ that doesn't make a difference But what it means is that if you are a Christian you have invited Jesus into your life. Now hold on. And Jesus is your life. You see the difference? Not I just brought him in with all the other gifts that I have. No. That's what the rich young ruler wanted to do. But he wasn't going to make Jesus the ruler of his life. But for us to be what God wants us to be. He wants to take how he made us, when he made us, at whatever age you might be, whatever background you might have, and he, it doesn't matter about your finances, the color of your skin, your educational background. It has to do with him wanting to use you in a very unique way because for others to see Jesus, some people won't see Jesus if they don't see it in you. And so it's very important for you to realize that. You don't want to be like somebody else. Be careful about mimicking other people. Don't try to act like, do like, and be like them. Be who you are. Don't be like other people are. Now, the only way Christ can do that is through the Holy Spirit. Christ is in us because the Holy Spirit is at all places, at all times. He was in Africa. It was 3:30 in the afternoon over there. It was 7:30 in Houston. But the kids that invited Jesus into their heart in Africa could rejoice for the kids over here in America. And we're 10,000 miles away, okay? That's the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit can be in you and your husband, you and your wife, you and your brother and sister, you and your classmate, you and the person you're dating, you and your friends. You and the people that are down there in the world. You're going to learn Sunday night week that when God equips you, he will start touching people that you run with. And you're going to be the one there that's going to be the instrument through which They will see the living proof of a loving God as Tony asked a while ago and we asked all. I want to ask you two questions. Are you willing to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world? The only way you can be living proof of a loving God to a watching world is for God to live his life through you. You understand what we're trying to say? So when you do that, then you become equipped. You you don't have to go to the seminary to be equipped. You know, the guy on the film, Arrogant Evangelism, we got too much arrogant evangelism. Don't do what I do, do what I tell you to do. Do what I say. Here's the magic formula pray this, do this. But look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Same book, just turn back three chapters. It says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. If the world is ever changed, it will not be by Christ working through the birds or the trees or the flowers. Or the clouds or the sun or the moon or the stars to those of you that read your chart every morning. It will be through his children. He has chosen to do that. We are his only begotten children And we are heirs, the Bible says, to all that he is. And so the world wants to, they're looking, they're trying to find it, they're in an honest search, they're doing the best they can and everybody they run with is doing the same thing and so why not get into that? It's got to be right because everybody's doing it. No, you've got to stop and say, I must have a personal relationship with God so that I be what God wants me to be and then let others do what God tells them to do if they will, but I'm not responsible for their life, but I am responsible for my life. And if I'm not living for God, why should I expect them to live for for God? So that fourth verse of Colossians 3, Christ who is our life, one day he's going to appear, and we are to be with him, and when he appears in glory, because he is in us. You see, when we stand before God, God is looking for Jesus in us that's what he's looking for how does he see Jesus in your life where would you direct him to where he might see Jesus in your life you know when a lot of people become Christians the first thing they do they set up a list of do's and don'ts I'm not going to do as much of this as I've been doing. I'm going to cut down on this. I'm going to start doing more of this. I'm going to be doing less of this and more of that. They get all of this stuff together and they plan. And you know what? It's not long before they find out they're not doing their plan very well. They just given up, you know, and they were going to read three chapters a day and they hadn't read the Bible for three weeks. So they decide, well, I'm I'm going to adjust. I'm going to read six chapters this week and 10 on Sunday and I'm going to catch up. But they put all their do's and don'ts. Now, others are lazier than those people. They let the churches set up the do's and don'ts and find the one that has the same do's and don'ts they want to do and they go join it. You know, they find out this is my sin. I found this church and you can do this all you want do this all they want. You can do this and that. I mean, it's just a, I, that's the church I want to be in. You know, they got their do's and their don'ts. You don't want to do either of that. That's not what it's all about. Others just drift into legalism. They just drift into legal. They got their do's and don'ts before they ever meet Jesus. And so they look for a whole lot of do's and don'ts. And so they try to do all the do's and don'ts, and you know what they do? When they finally realize I can't keep up with all these do's and don'ts, they're just like people on a diet. After they stay off their diet about three weeks, and it's not doing like it ought to, they just say, forget this, back to the fat. You know, I'm not fooling this mess anymore. I've done all I can do. I'm going to get me some Blue Bell ice cream and top it off with a Dairy Queen blizzard. <laughs> and... Uh, and I'm going to get me a pizza to go with it and forget that stuff, and if I have to die early, I'm going to die happy, but I'm getting off of this crazy diet stuff. Well, there's some in between, and they're the Band-Aid bunch. They go through life with all kinds of Band-Aids, braces, crutches, patches. They never enjoy life. They're miserable when they're in the world because they're trying to, to do a little bit of spiritual stuff out there. And then when they're at they, church where they don't enjoy that because they've got so much sin in their life, they're not happy anywhere. They're just like a bunch of invalids going around. Well, how do you do with all that? How do you do it? I have 10 points? No, I just got one. Get Jesus in your life. And he'll come in your life through the Holy Spirit. He'll take your personality, your temperament, your placement, as I said a moment ago. He'll live his life through you, and you will be shocked. You will be shocked. How easy that is to do. Wherever he leads, I will go. Whatever he wants me to say, I will say. Whatever he wants me to do, I will do. What he doesn't want me to do, I won't do it. I won't ask any, any questions whatsoever. But guilt comes as a spiritual cancer in so many of us. We feel so guilty. We, we know I'm not doing this. Why can't I do it? I've done my best. The reason is I, 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 I. But the scripture says, I understand you. Israel had all kinds of problems. God's chosen people. All kinds of mess they got into. But when they humbled themselves and prayed and sought the face of God, God brought them in, back in. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Is that your testimony? Is that your testimony? Old things passed away, and all things have become new. Is that your testimony? Let me ask you the question I asked earlier one more time. Do you know, now listen to me carefully, do you know that Christ became your life in and when you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Or whatever you're saying, that's when I did it. If you just said, I remember when I got baptized, that's not trusting Jesus as your Savior. The question is, do you know that Jesus became your life when you trusted Him as your Savior. If He didn't, you were not born again. If He did, then, as Paul said, for me to live is Christ, for you to live is Christ, for you to live knowing that Jesus is in your life is for you to take Jesus into your world with your family, your friends, those that know you, those acquaintances, those people you touch in life, But you take the name of Jesus with you, yes, but you also take the Holy Spirit with you through your life. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, We're not our own. We are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, in your spirit, and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 7.23, the next chapter. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Do not become slaves of men. That is a horrible word. The word slave has all kinds of connotations. Very emotional word. Going through my concordances, I found it one time, that word slave of the scriptures. But to be a slave to the devil is horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. I flew to Oklahoma this week to to, to bury a 27 year old young man that was so gifted but he let the devil slip into an area of his life it cost him his life 37 years old I I don't know why it is that we can't get a little simple thought that here's what Jesus became who we were sinners in order that we could become who he is he's the son of God we're heirs of God and joined heirs with Jesus Christ but he had to become who we are so we could become who he is you can't just become who he is without sin being dealt with and so Jesus came and paid for our salvation in order that we could find out why God made us different. Why aren't we as pretty, as, as happy, as, as, as wealthy, uh, as intellectual, as personality plus as somebody else? Why did God make us like, why didn't he make us 50 years later? Or 50 years earlier. Why did he do all of that? Because he had a purpose. He wanted to live through you. Where you live. In a way. Where you would be able to take your life. And others would see Jesus in you. And in that you would find life's best. And you could enjoy a little bit of heaven. On the way to heaven. Salvation is not a little prayer. It's the acceptance of a gift. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit to come and live in your life. And just a word of caution. You don't get Jesus and get the Holy Spirit later. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have Jesus. No exceptions in the Bible. The Holy Spirit is God able to be in the lives of people. And that's what happens at salvation. So salvation is not a little prayer. It is an acceptance of a gift that was paid for. By the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. These game shows, I'll just flip them through the channels the other day, and there's one. This lady, you know, she's jumping out. You know how like they do, you know? I mean, there's 5500 dollars was at stake. You know, she oh, do this. No, you will know, never buy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. And so she, she picked one, you know, and she won the five hundred. Oh, she just jumped around. I want $500. Ooh, 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 ooh. I never saw people get that happy about Jesus. You know, when you get saved, you get eternal life. You get born again. Your, your past is forgiven and forgotten. That ought to make even a Presbyterian shout. Yeah. And a Baptist and a Methodist and all the rest of them. Maybe even put a little motion in a Catholic. You ever know. But it, it ought to make... You understand, you got something money can't bind death, can't take away from you, and the government can't touch it. They can't tax you for it, and Dow Jones isn't affected by it. That's what salvation is. Enjoy it. Isaiah 53, six, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned everyone to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all, and Jesus paid it all. We've won because God the Father has accepted the death of Jesus as payment for my sin and for your sin. The result in you is Colossians 1:27. Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Our guilt, our condemnation is gone. We've been justified, sanctified, and one day we're going to be glorified. But but here's the problem we face. We can't get out of substituting our own ideas for our life rather than God's will for our life. We can't really sing that song, wherever he leads I will go rather than wherever he leads I'll go if it meets my plan for my life. But God says, no, I've got your steps ordained before you were ever born. If you will just trust me, I will bless you in this life and... In the life to come. I'm telling you something folks. You can wear yourself out trying to impress God with your good works. I mean you can't give enough money. You can't attend enough meetings. You can't cry enough. Pray enough. Read the Bible enough. Ring the bell for the Salvation Army enough. Or or buy enough Girl Scout cookies. To justify. Your salvation. God just wants you to. Let him. Live his life through you. And you'll be the best there's ever been at something. Think about that. You don't have to be in who's who to know what's what. If you want to be in who's who, I think I can get you in if you got $100. <laughs> okay, if you want to be one of the best in your profession, I can get you in another book. That'll cost you another 100 But the point is God's book and God's ways are so much higher than our ways Jesus came to the cross he paid for our salvation order that man would not wear ourselves out trying to accomplish enough good works. and Ephesians 2 89 says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself it's a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast and so today we can come here from whatever our background is and wherever we are in our plan. Some of you are here today and you've totally rejected God. Some are looking. Some have seen some examples. Some of you are trying to make uh, a good relation with someone else and you know they're walking with God and so you're going to act like you want to walk with God hoping that uh, and your motives are not right. Okay? But listen to me. No cross, No hope. No blood sacrifice, no forgiveness for sin. But with that comes the requirement that we're not our own, we're bought with a price. That if you are a believer, you are are not a Christian because of your church. Your church does not hold the keys to the kingdom. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And when you come and say, I want to become a Christian. I want to be uh, born again and I want to be baptized. You must understand that you're saying I am ready and I have seen evidence that God changes lives and I want to be what God wants me to be and I've never met a person that regrets that they became a Christian. But I, and I'm giving your testimony but it could be mine as well. I've never met somebody... That, re, that, that regretted giving their heart to Jesus but I've met thousands that wish they had I've met so many that wish they had what happens when a man gets saved is that the power of the resurrected Lord comes into the person and the power of the Holy Spirit to dwell in his life Galatians 2.20 that's my spiritual electric chair if you don't know why it's an electric chair get an electrician to explain this to you Galatians 2.20 2.20 110, 220, got it? Okay, all right. (laughs) I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the power of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are you listening? God's not our help. He's our life. He's our life. He's not there for you to call down as a cosmic Santa Claus and grant your every wish that's not what he does he is our life how can Christ become our life and our foundation Romans 6 1 what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein don't you know that so many of us that were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death therefore we're buried with him by baptism unto death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we should walk in newness of life we've got a new life we've got a new purpose and we've got a new hope what? we are is dead the 5th and 6th verse of Romans 6 for we have been planted together in the likeness of his death We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. And henceforth we will not serve sin. What a glorious promise. God doesn't remodel us. He doesn't even do an extreme makeover. He buries it. He knocks it down. Buries it. And we have a brand new life that is pure as new fallen snow. That's salvation. That's the new birth. The Holy Spirit does not just improve us. Replaces us with his son. We're not saved to keep us out of hell. God does not run a fire insurance company in heaven. He came to be glorified. He saved us to be glorified in our life. And after that, We will spend eternity together where there's no more sin, no more darkness, no more temptation. And everything by the perfect creator will be for us to enjoy for eternity. Lost people are overpowered because of their slavery to sin. They cannot stand against Satan and sin if they choose to. And there's not a person here that can stand up against Satan if he comes against you. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you cannot do it. And that is a reason that many of you have fallen, that are living, you've lived good lives. Good lives. But you fail. The reason you fell was because you didn't have God in there to fight against it, possibly. That could be, for, for most, that will be the reason. But you know what gets our intention and time is what we really love and are interested in. I've discovered that, too. Whatever you enjoy doing and whatever you put your time doing, that's what you really love. If you'd rather be in the world than be in the things of God, have at it. But it says to you, it says something to you. I love the world more. I just admit it. I'd whole lot rather be doing things in the world. Matter of fact, I am bored and when are you going to get through? I'll be through in five minutes, okay? And you can go. But hear me. Seriously. If you don't understand this, you miss it all, folks. You miss it all. You've got, I owe it to you. You can take it and you can throw it in the trash. You can burn it and go on and live your life like you want to of course that's your freedom but it's my obligation to tell you what thus saith the Lord is no preacher has any any business telling people anything they think God didn't call preacher to be creative he called preachers and prophets to tell people what God told him to tell the people and this is what God says tell the people right here and if you don't know the difference in what's in this book Yes, that plays God for the book. But if you don't know what's in this book, you don't know the difference. And the first thing you know, you find yourself in an environment where I love that. I just enjoy that. Man, I just feel so good when I come out of there. I'm sorry. It's not about feeling good. It's about feeling saved and clean and pure and a fresh start and a new life and, and the power to do what God's called you to do. And not be a follower, be a leader. And to have life start over again. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. Not through any flesh and blood. So if Jesus is supreme. Your conversation. Your character. And your conduct will change. If it hasn't. We need to talk. Our security. Is not in the prayer we prayed. Our security is in our relationship. With the father through the son. We are his children. And he has promised his children certain things, and his word never changes. Our security is our relationship with God. In the third verse of the opening scripture, in Colossians 3, verse 3, For you, you and me, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You know what that means? That means that the Holy Spirit in us, and the Son, and the Father... And when the devil comes at you, before he can get to you, he's got to come through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit before he can ever get to you. And he can't come through any one of them, much less three. And that's the security of the believer. Not your good works. And you run around, I don't don't believe in that one saved always. I think if a person just does this, 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 and then he starts doing good, 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 and starts doing bad, 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 then they're lost again. Let me tell you something. The good, good, good didn't save them. All right? And the bad, bad, bad doesn't get them lost again. The only thing that saves you is the blood of Jesus, period. But you see, this religion has got us so messed up, we just put it like everything else in the world. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He has a plan. He loves you. And he wants to use you for his glory. So why do we sin? We just choose to. But in that eighth verse, it says, but now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Put them aside. Verse 9. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Quit lying to yourself. Quit lying to others. What does the new Christian do? You just simply think on Jesus. Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God... That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and that acceptable and that perfect will of God. That's what it's all about. Have you ever heard anybody say, if something happened to my child, if something happened to my dog, I just don't know what I'd do. If something happened to my friend, I just don't know what I'd do. If something happened to my husband, I just don't know what I'd do. If something happened to my wife, I just don't know what I'd do. Listen to me. I'd hope you'd grieve. I'd hope you would grieve. Jesus grieved when he saw Lazarus dead for just a few hours. He grieved. It's okay to grieve. But don't quit and don't give up hope. Jesus is alive. He is risen like he said. He is alive. He is alive. What do you do if you lose the things of this world? First of all, hold the things in this world very carefully, very tenderly because they can be gone like this. Life is like a vapor and it vanishes away but on Christ the solid rock we stand and all the other ground is sinking sand. We'll understand it better by and by and the longer you serve him, the sweeter he's going to grow but you must understand the hope is Christ is in us. We are the ones who he is is in us if we are a believer. So... If you'll just leave this moment, this place today, and simply say, God has given me gifts. And God has given all of us gifts of some kind. And I want my character, means God living in me. I want to not fall. I want to have the strength to carry the gifts that God has given to me. And the only way you do it is with the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to close talking about the cross. Every service we're talking about the resurrection. It is so important to us to understand Jesus is alive today, friend. I don't know what you're walking through. I know if you're walking out of the will of God, God may make your way hard because he wants you to come back to him. He loves you. He cares for you. He'll receive you back. David, Samson, Peter, John Mark, all these people in the Bible. Oh, goodness. When they confessed and repented, they came back to to complete the job. From a day of denial, Peter preached the sermon on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 people came to Jesus. Don't quit. Don't give up. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. You can't undo the past, but it can be put under the blood. So as we sing this song, I want to encourage you to... Make a move. Do something that you say, this is my move to the truth. We're gonna open up the Connection Center. It's a big lobby just out off the main foyer out here. When you go out this door to my right, one step, turn to the left. Go out this door and you turn to the right if you go out the left side. There'll be people in there to give you things, to help you, to pray with you and talk to you. If you would just like to give your heart to Jesus today, or as I pray this prayer, if you want to give your heart to Jesus right now, I want you to go there and take that card that you might fill out right there in front of you. and Just put your name on there, and I just want to give my heart to Jesus. Give it to them. Let them give you something to take home with you. If you don't have a family Bible, I want to give you one of those as well. But do something if the Holy Spirit's telling you to do it. Dear God, I pray you'll hear the prayers now in this building. And those that might be watching on television or listening by the radio, whatever, God, would you just speak now to hearts as I attempt to lead them in a simple prayer. I ask you that personally, Lord, in Jesus' name. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.